tonight on Our Padron. <laughs> Magnific- magnificently inefficient. Same bitch. Let our teeth sink deep. Oh boy. Kissing or punching? The eternal chess question. Nath, once again, a hero. Will. <laughs> Will. 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 Will Lark. <laughs> This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six, standing by. Rogue Seven, standing by. Rogue Nine, standing by. Rogue Three, standing by. Not only did we drop that episode, then go away for two weeks. Saf dropped this cliffhanger on me that I had to sit on for two weeks. So thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I honestly totally forgot what happened in chapter 13 until uh. you started yelling at me on Twitter. And then Tom being like, oh, that chapter. I saw Meg tweeting about it and I was like, it's not that bad. And then I read it and I'm like, oh, it is. It is that yeah, bad. Yeah, it's that bad. It's that. My bad. Uh, I don't My bad. To, I'm not in charge right now. Well, I'm not in charge of the chapter breakout downs right now. So by still found a way to mess with you you still found a way watch you out say the chapter breakups yeah yeah she what said break up down it's when you break up with the book because you're mad at it about it's chapter 13 you only read three sentences of a chapter at a time breakups <laughs> it's, too, it's too painful <laughs> mm-hmm. okay hello glisteners welcome to season 20 mission 5 episode 158 of rogue padron I hope we did not ruin everyone's minds with our <laughs> April Fools episode uh, because we sure heard a lot of comments that were like, that was a trip. And um, just so you know, we recorded it like that. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did not edit it in reverse. I wrote the notes that way. It was because I commit. It was weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you suffered. We suffered. It's for art. Uh, tonight, we are going to be talking about Alphabet Squadron, Victory's Price, chapters 11 through 13 by Shadowsan Alexander Freed. But before we get into that, here's a quick reminder of our hosts. If Seth, Rogue Seven, was a depiction of an angel, she would be the overdramatic depictions of Lucifer rebelling against God. <laughs> You're on mute. Damn it, I yelled so loud. You're always, every time you have a good reaction, you're on mute. Okay, wait, I'll, I'll, re, I'll redo my lap. Say, say the thing again. Wait, wait a second, Three, wait a second. Two, wait a second. one, action. Depictions of Lucifer rebelling against their god. <laughs> yes. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> I that love was, this queen. I love that. That felt surprisingly genuine. Yeah. It's because I re-felt it, so it was genuine. <laughs> yeah. Um... Ash Rogue Nine would be the actual biblical depiction of angels with like one million eyes and like a gajillion yes. wings. Uh, that is because the they probably know the Bible better than everybody else on this podcast. <laughs> like us 
sacrilegious pieces of shit. <laughs> that is my favorite depiction of angels. This it's so good. Angels should be insinuating scary. that I'm like a hyper religious person currently. No, it's <laughs> just, just the most just... recent dropout. You yeah. you've like read the Bible. You held on I the longest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I have I never have, been in this. I have so. quote unquote read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as Ash much has as the I've most read patience the Bible, for bullshit is what it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has I once did communion about religion <laughs> I've once done communion because my choir got right into it many years ago we're like peace fuck out <laughs> Mount, that was just my angels. I am not fucking with you <laughs> I was just between the ages of 17 and 18 and that was it <laughs> Heath Rogue 3 would be like the sexy Halloween costume version of Angels because he would probably get drunk enough to agree to wear that wear them and run around. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Danny Rogue 6 would be the ethereal light-filled beings uh because they are beautiful and good. Aww. Were you were you there when I said that that's my preferred title? You must have no. been. No. no. Some some Jackbox party recently there was like a, what's your nicknames? And mine was like Danny, Danny, and like ethereal preferred nickname was ethereal being of light or something. Like literally the phrasing yeah. you just used. Holy so like, shit. Damn. Well man. done. On point with Damn. the host intro this week. Yeah. Woo. I'm very good. Um, and I'm Meg Rogue Leader. And I would be the fucked up destructive angels from Evangelion. Uh, Hell yes! And make Hell people yes! comfortable. But like Actually, I take angels. it back. Those those are my favorite angels. Yeah. I love fun. those angels. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I love them. And of course, my favorite are the fucked up angels. My favorite thing about the Evangelion angels is that Ava actually takes place um, in what is currently Hakone, which is a hot spring town near the base of Mount Fuji. Um, and so a lot of tourist goods feature Ava characters, including like oh. chibi-fied angels in like <gasps> hot springs. Oh my so god, they, I need to go there. So it's like they have like their towels on their heads resting in the hot springs, drinking sake. Um, I love Hakone. It's a beautiful town. Everybody okay. should go. Um, now, I, now I know where to go in Japan. Yeah, it's great. They even have soft Make, let's serve. Let's go together. Yes, they even have soft serve that is like twisted colors in each of the different like Ava units. And so oh like, my god. I have the per I got the Shinji one because it was like ube and matcha. Um, yeah. and I, I don't like, even oh. like matcha much, but I'm going to get that one because unit one is my favorite. Exactly. Anyway, sorry anyway. for bringing anime into this. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> don't apologize. We know you're not sorry. <laughs> I'm, I will never bring it. I will never apologize for bringing anime into this. <laughs> I actually like anime now, so I was like engaged in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, apparently I do too now, but I've, so far I've it's just the everybody. one fucked up anime I've watched, so... Oh wait, Meg, was it me last like time? List, and I, was it I last sat in the past? Rogue Quadrant, where I mentioned some fucked up anime I watched as a kid. It was Elf and Lead. I finally remembered. Oh, you watched Elf and Lead? <laughs> that yes. is not for children. <laughs> Anyone who's confused about that should look it up because it is not for children. I don't think I will children. look it up. <laughs> yep. Lots of nudity, lots of gore. It's all you need to know. Yeah. It also sucks shit. Yeah. yeah. That is the energy of my father showing me Alien when I was eight. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. And Don't worry. Anyway. This is why we all are what we are now. Yeah. This is this is this is where we uh, acquired our same brain disease. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> um. So speaking of well, not speaking of nudity and gore because there's not much of either of those things in it. I uh, wish there was nudity in this. So does chess. <laughs> that was not the nudity I was thinking of. <laughs> 
Uh, we are reading Victory's Price, aka The Toll of Triumph. Once again, <laughs> a blanket warning on this. Um, I wrote Loz as well on Sleepingville. <clears throat> so I don't remember a lot of what I wrote. So let's let's all adventure together here. <laughs> let's go on These are my favorite rogue, These are my favorite Rogue Pod episodes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even Saf knows what she wrote. <laughs> not even me. <laughs> Last time on Alphabet Squadron. Erica Quell arrives on DN949A with her crack team, questionable, including Candy Ned. <laughs> did I write that? No, I didn't. Okay, we're good. Candy Ned and Rickton. Of oh, yeah, all sorry. I didn't find people. it. I didn't find it in replace. <laughs> okay, cool. I was like, I didn't. Okay. Public service not, announcement we changed the character's name off screen. So I'm, not just roll with I'm it. not trying to read that name later in <laughs> no, the listener can, response. Candy Ned. <laughs> candy Ned. Okay, they arrive. The correct team, questionable, including Candy Ned and Rickton, of all fucking people to bring, the messenger's remains to the surgeon. Candy Ned volunteers as payment before anyone can stop him, and now the team is stressed, to say the least. Chess Nachatic is just, oof, Chess. Oh my god, Chess. Oh my god. Oh my god, Matthew Chess spent- could be the <laughs> subtitle of this book. Alphabet yeah. Squadron Victory's pli- Price. Oh my god, Chess. <laughs> <laughs> Nath Tencent is doing his best to keep Alphabet Squadron alive and maybe together, but boy howdy is everyone else making that hard. Who would have thought that Nath Tencent would end up being the glue that keeps this group together by the <laughs> middle of book three? He's like the actual hero going off and doing the heroic shit, saving Listen, lives, keeping the team together. Listen, he, got, he hates all of it. He got beefy, he got bulky, now he's the hero. <laughs> yep, he should have seen this coming. Will Lark is keeping everyone at a distance now, struggling with his role as a leader, his desire to go home, and the gap between him and Nath. Oh, I'm also struggling with the gap between Will and Nath. <laughs> <Aren't we all>? <laughs> <laughs> Kairos and Chess, after exploring systems along Quell's vector, find DN949A, and Kairos is ready to judge! Colonel Man, what the fuck, Keys, has no idea if the Yadis received the frequencies revealing Quell's potential rebel history. He realizes he no longer knows the priorities, and now all he's got are theories. The captain has arrived at the doorstep of what he hopes is the right house, and after a good five minutes hesitation, knocks. Chapter 11. Wait, is that a reference to something that I don't get? Oh no, I'm telling a story here, don't worry about it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure if that was some sort of like... You, you have like oblique references sometimes like random staircases in the woods that I don't understand, but it's just because I don't, I don't uh, partake in the same. <laughs> don't worry about the staircases in the woods. Don't okay. look at them. Don't climb them. It's don't, don't worry about it. Great. Okay. <clears throat> Refactoring of parameters. The surgeon is a sassy bitch. It says some tech shit, whatever, but gets what Quo wanted. And then wait, hang on. It said that by technical definitions, look, it said tech shit. And now I start caring. Um, it said that by technical definitions, the messenger wouldn't actually be considered a droid. That's the good shit right there. No. We're not on chapter 13 yet. It is the good shit, Meg. It's a computer, a machine, the surgeon went on. But imagine if the core directive of a machine wasn't to resolve tasks and logic, but to express a particular emotion, as if it were a painting or another piece of fine art. Imagine a culture that never developed higher mathematics, but could symbolically render feeling and motivation. Imagine this culture of built computers using that science instead of ours, which is fucking sick. Thank you, Freed, for more droid shit. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally in agreement with you on this one. Like, the messenger is not a droid. The messenger is like a glorified answering machine. I just love the concept of building droids with emotion rather than math. That, that's literally why, right? <laughs> I'm not Alex Freed. I don't know. 
<laughs> you keep saying not, things that I'm insinuate you're Alexander Freed. I'm not, I'm I'm not, not I'm not Alexander Freed. Mm. Um, <laughs> what emotion? She asks the surgeon. How the fuck is this droid gonna know? It's like, I don't know, spite, loathing maybe? I don't know. And she's like, yeah, that sounds about right, actually. She, <laughs> she, <laughs> she has a stomp party on the remains of the messenger and then scoops them into her bag. The surgeon throws a dodge at her and promises it'll keep what's on there a secret. Then it tells her to say hello to Candy Ned on the way out and to maybe not reveal any secrets to him because he's probably not a man who'd understand. Yes. So bye, Candy Ned. He's gone now. Great. Yep. Sure, and sure had fun with Candy Ned while he lasted. Yep. We've finally gotten rid of him and it's because he's a fucking idiot once again. R.I.P. Candy Ned. Gone but never forgotten. Big, big if in the chat for that one. Brebton and Brigton meet her outside, saying that Miro told her, told them to meet back at the apartment, but didn't say why. Mm, it's probably fine. Don't worry about it. It's it's not fine because the moment she steps into the apartment, she's jabbed with a shock rod and <laughs> taken out. And there's literally in our in our chat, there's literally no F in the chat for Candy Ned. Nobody, nobody put nobody F in the chat for Candy Ned. Nobody put F. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Candy. <laughs> Nobody really likes you that much. Which doesn't there, sound that bad. Like, it's like, which doesn't sound that bad if you if you haven't seen our chats before, where we put F in it for everything. We do put F. In we it. pay a lot we of respects. Respect. We do Just pay not, a lot of respects. But listen, Candy now was fucked. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's not getting any respect. And I'm also, I'm also kind of, I don't like that we're calling him Candy Ned <laughs> because I have a good friend that we call. You call Can- him Candy Ned? No, we call him Candy Boy. Um, who no, like see, Candy? I would, it's not Candy Boy. He's just I, Candy Ned. I would definitely put an F in the chat for Candy Boy, but I really also don't want him to die or be sold into servitude. <laughs> How so. about this? How about F's in the chat for the F's in the chat that we didn't put in okay. the chat for okay. Candy okay. Ned? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. F's in the chat no. for not giving him respect. No. <laughs> Quell comes. These to F's are still friend. related to Candy Ned. So no. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's putting Fs in the chat for that one. Um, I'm putting Fs in the chat for me for having to deal with this. This is great content. <laughs> I've heard I've heard the the sentence Fs in the chat far too many times in the last two minutes. <laughs> so have all of our listeners, which is no one because they've all turned this podcast off right now. <laughs> I didn't it's know that I was turning on a live a live audio retelling of what's going on in the Rogue Podward Zoom chat tonight. I didn't realize I was. <laughs> I didn't F- realize I was listening to a transcription of a Twitch chat. F's in the chat for all the listeners who have dropped off. <laughs> Quill comes to with the messenger's cracked face plate filling her vision. The messenger's remains are laid out on the bed and Raider is pissed. She demands the truth. Quill says that she doesn't know and a trust in the colonel. But, well, Rickton is close to tears when he tells her that Raider heard. What did Raider hear? Could it have been Chess's message? Yep, it sure fucking was. Well, Quell, yep, it's fine. Quell asks exactly what Raider heard, and Raider said she wasn't going to say anything. She's crying because she liked Quell. And Erica remembers the betrayal on the faces of Ab Squad when they found out about Necronus. She didn't know what to say then, and she still doesn't know what to say now. Miro says that they need to talk, as in the people who are not Quell. So they lock Quell into the bathroom. Here's a neat line. Quell started to think maybe one of her ribs was broken, but it was a disinterested thought, as if she'd noticed a stain on her sheets that would wash out in the laundry. Reading, reading this is just like, 
I feel bad for Quell because I know who is on their way to see Quell. And I'm like, this is not the first time she's about to get beat to a bloody pulp in the next few chapters. Nope. Nope. Where Quell Erica Quell is about well. to have a rough 24 hours. I think it's going to be 24 hours of a rough time. Yeah. Hopefully, unless she dies. More like 24 years of a rough time. <laughs> Her whole life has been a rough time. It's been a rough time. Truly. Really- uh, Quell considers trying to escape out of the window, but knows it wouldn't work out. So instead, she tries to come up with a good story. Quell, you suck a line, my girl. Uh, another line. No one in the galaxy would select Erica Quell for an undercover mission, except, apparently, her own idiot self. <laughs> she hears them arguing through the door, and then pew pew pew, shooting breaks out. The door is still locked. I'm so saved, she, she thought. I'm saved. She did not think that. She did not think that. She, did she briefly not. tried to escape, and then she didn't know which side she would join anyways. Uh, but the door's locked, so she goes to the window and smashes it. She feels guilty because when is she not guilty? Uh, and then she double-checks she's got the data chip and wriggles out. She starts running and falls right into someone, grabbing the gun and aiming at them. Surprise! It's Rickton! Oh, she hey! Knows- <laughs> Yay! Uh, she knows she should kill him, but she can't do it. So instead, she runs. What right does she have to judge anyone after all? Which is a very good question, Quell. That is an uh, excellent point, Quell. <laughs> mm. Chess is finally starting to think that surprise beats a plan any day might not actually be wise words to live by. <laughs> Obviously, it was her shooting into the apartment. Kairos has gone around back to look for another way in. Neither of them has seen Quell. Raider makes a run for her and Chess shoots her. A pit of fire burned where the woman's heart had been. Fucking Oof. great work. Great work, Freed. Kairos returns to say she's lost the others. Chess remembers how fucking brutal she- Ch- Kairos had been back on Abed Nido. Kairos still looked like she could murder an entire army, but she also looked ready to burst into tears, which just, oh, breaks my heart. I love her so I love Kairos so fucking much. So- Chess tells her to go back to the U-Wing so she can stop them if they try to escape in their ship. She'll hunt for Quell. Kairos tells her to find her. Will, Nath, Hera, Captain Avad, and some others, I guess, watch a hologram of Chala. I have to say that the action is so good. Like I'm so just like intensely ready for the Chas and Quell reunion that when we switch back to Will and Nath, who I love very much, I was just like, ah. Yeah, I was just like, no. Uh, the two are fourth of sabotaging the satellites around Chidawa to absorb as much radiation as they can, and then dropping them onto the planet to irradiate the planet. So far, they've hit only ocean, but obviously that will change soon enough. They don't have much time, so they're heading out in half an hour at the next low tide. It's going to be messy and aggressive, but they don't really have a choice at this point if they want to save lives. The plan. Will will leave Flair and Wild to confront the ties, while Nath and the Bombers surprise the Raiders. The Deliverance will take on the Adiz. And that's not a bad strategy, all things considered. But Will thinks of the calm conversations over the past day, Ragnar bonding with a man claiming to be a 204th captain, Lieutenant Etina swaying a handful of the 204th pilots into playing cards. Hera pulls Will aside at the end of the conference. She knows what's bothering Will, but he promises it won't be a problem. It feels natural to be going into battle against Shadowing again and to be killing them. Oh boy! <laughs> she asks if he needs anything and starts giving her advice and apologizes for being an overbearing mother. I reckon she sees a lot of Ezra and Will. Yeah, I think she sees a lot of Ezra and all of them because she probably yeah. feels like she failed him. She sees Ezra everywhere. Oh my everywhere. god! She's, she's in she... the briefing and Ezra's off in the corner just looking at her. She's walking to the hangar and Ezra's just off to the side waving. Well, the last time she saw Ezra, he was like fucking off with the space whales and Thrawn. So like yeah. she probably thinks that she failed him. You know, she, she couldn't protect him. Oh. 
She says, may the force be with you, Will Luck. If anyone's earned it, it's you. And 22 minutes later, they're ready to go. I don't appreciate that, Hera. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> yeah, the people who need the force obviously really deserve it, but the force doesn't give a shit about that. Look, she's not the Jedi. Of her, her BF was. <sighs> she doesn't understand any of the Jedi stuff. She just kind of like absorbed some of it from Kanan, but it was a lot of like ram random mumblings at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. He's like, do or do not, there is no try. And she's like, yes, of course, honey. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I'm going to write it down though, just in case. <clears throat> Luminous beings, are we? I mean, I guess I don't see you glowing. <laughs> She's like, you have never illuminated once in your life, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm reading this bit about Will, because it's great. He walked through the hangar and studied the expressions of his pilots, stopping to speak with the ones with bloodshot eyes, the ones still mourning friends, and the ones who trailed rage with every step. He threw his arm around Hadrios and reminded him how proud the man's brother would be when he finally returned to Corellia. Of course, we've got a Corellium here. And assured a trio of fresh wild squadron recruits that their leader, Dennis Rave, had seen Shadow Wing at his worst. He threw Vital a salute from afar, which she gamely returned with a wink. He approached Boy Vic Toons, <laughs> a scarred veteran of 100 battles, and said simply, not another Alderaan. Not again. What a name. Captain Esavin, let them, Captain Esavin says, let them feel our bite as our teeth sink deep. And he remembers the words Garthen, an old wingmate in Riot, taught him, replying, may your goddess view our hunt with favor and bless our tally. And I'm just like, oh man, he loves his people so much. So much that he me. wants to sink his teeth into them. No, that's, that's Isavid, not, not Will. Oh. There's only one person Will wants to sink his teeth into. Yeah, there's only one. Nath and T5 head out, and we are reminded so, once wait, again who is that his Y-Wing. It's Nath. <laughs> it's Nath. It's Nath. He wants to sink his, it's but Nath, Nath is his friend. Yeah, it's in a uh, sexy way. Yeah, in a sexy way. Hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, T5 hit out and we are reminded once again that his wiring runs like a shower. <laughs> he makes a joke to T5 about this being a suicide mission. T5 is worried about Will, of course, and Nath tells it that Will will be fine. Nath admit, Nath actually misses Chess's music. This man is in a foul fucking mood. Come on, well, man. Even if Chess was back, all she Will. listens to our podcast now anyway, so. Worse. Yeah, podcast. He's like, I miss her music. I do not really miss her religious chants. Her, cult, her cults to shit. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know what I've never thought about before? What? There are probably a lot of religious podcasts out there, aren't there? Yes. Yeah, absolutely there are. Yeah. Oh my good, gosh. Have you listened to Good Christian Fun? No. No. It's it's really good. It's it's yeah. really it's yeah, like it's it's pretty great. It's people like us who had been in it who are still like into the culture of it and like can't that like there are episodes like, about like Amy Grant and like <laughs> like youth group for yeah. agnostics basically. Yeah, it's and they're like really smart and funny it's so good uh I've heard i highly good recommend good. good christian fun if i i will qualify this i highly recommend good christian fun if you used to be a christian and are no longer <laughs> a christian <laughs> that's right 
for the listeners that are still tuning in, we're now offering recommendations of other podcasts for you to listen to that aren't us. <laughs> no F's in the chat over there. <laughs> <laughs> the weight of being in command of his bombers of the bombers is weighing on Neth because it's a weight thing. <laughs> the particle count rises too high and Sedula calls off the attack. Nath is relieved, but knows that this means the next attempt will be even more desperate. Before a scanner becomes completely obscured by radiation, he notices a single mark hovering between both sides and instantly knows exactly what fucking idiot it is. Will announces over the comms for everyone to retreat, and he's going to hold the rear. Nath smashes his fist down on the console, fucking roaring with rage. He is not happy here. <sighs> then the particle count ticks higher his and all of his go blind. His beefy fist. Upon the bridge of the Yadis, Bruce says that Bruce says he thought Soren Keys would be more pleased with the retreat. That was, yep. And like, yeah, I, I guess, but he still hasn't heard anything from Madrigast, who, if I am incredibly honest, I am very pleased to see has come back as a vital character in the story. What a great name! Absolutely astounding. And now they're on opposing sides. Oh, the drama. Sleeping Bill Seth got really excited about me. I'm glad Seth is having fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drama this is why you're over dramatic lucifer <laughs> yeah you're right it's all just God a game Dad. to you Sav. It is. what the fuck is that scheming man up to who the fuck knows certainly not me at this point very little is inconceivable keys and bruce watch as the satellites get dropped they can irradiate the planet given enough time, but time is at a premium right now with Hera's forces bearing down on them. He wants to do this faster, somehow, so he prompts Bruce to come up with something as good practice for him in a commanding role. Of course, he hasn't told Bruce much about Quell. He now no longer knew who she really was. No longer knows who she really is, or was. He just hopes that she realizes it's not about loyalty to the New Republic or Shadowing. It's loyalty to Principal and her truest self. All right, then, buddy, that's not ominous enough, thanks. That's fine. Don't worry. It's good. <clears throat> Bruce suggests going on the offensive, but when Soren asks if he'd pick it if he were in command, Bruce says no. Herorius weighs at them to ask if he can share a comm currently being picked up. Ah, oh, hell, it's that Will Lark guy again. Oh, but he's boy. not there for conversation. Character oh, growth. boy. He has a message for keys. Oh, boy. Tells- Why is oh, Will boy. always trying to send messages to the other side? He's not here for conversation though. That's a that's a change. Sure. He tells Soren that he knows he's a good man. Well, okay, at least an honorable one. Quell had told him that. Soren keeps his expression flat, but oh, buddy, I bet there's some turmoil bubbling away in your guts. Don't do anything we'll stupid, Will. Why? Okay, Saf. He's why only... did you have to phrase it as bubbling in your guts? I don't know. <laughs> I can't answer that question. I don't okay. remember writing any of Perfectly those. understandable. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly understandable. Will... Have a nice day. Have a nice day. <laughs> Will challenges Soren to a duel alone in the Particle Tides. Loser's unit withdraws forces from Tadawa and renounces any vendetta against their opponents. No more Shadowing hunting Alphabet Squadron or Alphabet Squadron hunting Shadowing. Will says the truth. No one actually wants the Jadawan people dead. Soren knows that's true. The only person who does is the long-dead Emperor and his few remaining devotees. Soren asks if Will seriously oh, believes either oh. unit will give up. So yes. Soren then adds that that's why Cinder is a tragedy, not war. Fuck you, Soren yeah. Keys. I almost wrote fuck that in there. I was like, you. fuck you, man. Like, 
strategy. You didn't have to do it. I wake up every morning very sad that Operation Cinder has to continue and that I have to continue being the one making it happen. Right, that we ended Operation Cinder and then I restarted Operation Cinder. (laughs) It makes me so mad that I put so much work and effort into Operation Cinder. It's so much tragedy. Yeah, it fucking is. (laughs) I'm so mad. Shut the fuck up. I'm so mad at him. Soren asks if Will seriously believes either unit will give up if their leader is killed. Will thinks it's a risk worth taking. Worst case, the enemy unit is down a commander, which gives the other side an advantage. Soren isn't going to do it, but then Will tells him that he was an Orador cluster. He helped burn Pandem Nye and down the Star Destroyer at Zerberon. He led the assault on the Core 9 Megas facility and held them off with a squadron of Antiques and Cloudcast. He's killed several of Soren's people personally. He is sorry, but he does not regret it. Soren accepts the challenge great bruce is like this is great bruce is like bro this is a terrible idea and Soren is like duly bro noted. D- duly noted <laughs> with all due respect fuck off right <clears throat> why take the risk because will said the right words to stoke the flames of vengeance in their people this is for their pilots and a duel is safer than a full assault and if they take will out it'll do decent damage to the enemy and because bruce observed him reigning in the manner of a disapproving parent resigned in the manner of a disapproving parent soren clapped a hand on the man's right shoulder because i'm in command and it's my prerogative and it's been too long since i flew against a Polinian. he called out final orders to the bridge and ducked out before they could see his smile so this guy's obviously for other Polinians, which is that's fine don't worry <clears throat> hey remember that time will lark challenged soren to a one-on-one duel when did that happen danny and nath is like oh is he gonna do something stupid yeah you leave him alone for two minutes and he's going to do something <laughs> He just did. Stupid. <laughs> Boy doesn't know how to not do something stupid. Nath, meanwhile, is like Chapter out in his Y-wing, like listening to this. And he's like, oh, frick, I, I, I'm not close enough to take the radio away from him this time. Nope. <laughs> heck. <laughs> Chapter just 12, heck. unflinching acceptance of logical conclusions. I don't love the title. Nope. Yeah, sure don't. <laughs> I'm just nope. gonna I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that his titles just really just sum up the right amount of dread for a chapter. Right. <clears throat> with the outpost under lockdown, Quell struggles with guilt once again. She finds a calm kiosk where she plugs in the data chip. Nothing about the information shocks her, but it's fucking chilling. Processes, databases, and algorithms the messenger used to identify monsters who would follow orders to commit cinder. It recognized variables accounting for past kills during and outside of military service, disciplinary actions, family trauma, education, genetic predispositions, predispositions, species predispositions, personal associations, history of obedience to unlawful commands, involvement, including non-participatory exposure in physical interrogation, and something called MDC count. I wonder what that could be. I'm sure, like all things, it's fine. No idea what that what MDC count could possibly be referring to. Yeah, it's, not a it's clue. A true mystery. Such mm. a tricky one. <laughs> it was looking for not just corrupt and broken people, but also people who were ready to become corrupt and broken. It also assists units by the people within it, which is how Shadowwing ended up being one of its choices. Obviously, it was right. But while the messenger has a lot of information, Quell realizes it draws from a bigger source, a bigger database. She memorizes the coordinates for the database to look up later. She needs her mentor. She's hoping he's alive, but also that Shadawa is alive. Most things kind of don't really go together well. She transfers the data to her ship, then destroys the data chip, and then takes a nap in the booth. 
She's awoken by Chess and attacks her, who attacks her and drags her out of the booth. She wants to know if Quowl's working for Shadowwing the whole time, but doesn't really give her a chance to answer as she fucking beats her to a pulp. Chess asks her why couldn't she just die, and Quell has no answer for her. Oof. She grabs Quell and drags her back towards the Ewing. Quell recalls the night they all drank together and Chess had wrapped her arms around her. Gay! 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 Believe it or not, this was the moment when I was like, wait, Chess and Quell might actually be endgame here. Yeah, this was the moment as well for me. Cause, mm. cause like it had like when it happened in the last book, I was like, okay, it's just sort of like a thing that's happening. But the fact that like this is the thought that Quell has while this is happening, they both like, they both oh. keep remembering that moment. Yeah, I I admit, like I was like, okay, they're probably in game, but in my heart, I was like, no, her and Kairos have to be in game. <laughs> but then, but then, like Seth. reading it, reading ahead, <laughs> Seth. See this if was I was Alex Creed. I don't know, Seth, because you love to hurt. So Yeah, but if I was Alex Freed, she definitely would end up with Kairos, which to be fair, we haven't finished the book, so <laughs> there's no proof. I like a nice I like a nice subtle, you know? Like mm. there's this like thing I was thinking about with Battlefront 2, Inferno Squad, that book, where mm. like Dell and is looking at Aiden, who he ends up like marrying. And he's drunk and he has a thought, he's like, wow, she's really pretty. And then nothing else for the rest of the book, except they come to kind of confide in each other. And then at the end of the so Battlefront good. 2 game, they get together. I love stuff it's like so that. Good. Well, yeah, it's the so fact good. that the only thing Kairos has says about Erica Quell in this book is judge. That's definitely good shadowing for a positive, healthy relationship I was to come. Talking I'm about not saying I well, and you, didn't give a, you didn't give a spoily warning. <laughs> no spoilies. What? Did that, spoil something? that already happened. And no, in Battlefront. Oh. Oh. oh well, make that. that <laughs> well, it's, it's so old. It's so old. It, it came 2017's out 2017's Battlefront Two. I am already yet. No spoilies. <laughs> I mean, it's if you play the game, it's incredibly obvious what I'll direction take that you're out going in. Post. in for sure. No, and it's not really spoiled. <laughs> it's not. I'm pretty spoiled. sure we also talked about it extensively on Resistance Reborn. Yeah, we have. <laughs> The ma- the male and female lead of a video game got together. How oh unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call out my industry like that. What? Well, am I wrong? You're what? not wrong. You're not wrong. Cooking Mama and Science Papa got together. <laughs> <laughs> they were on the piers, which I guess this place says, when Chess drags her undercover, Blasterbolt's <laughs> going overhead. Quell thinks of her people dead. In her mind's eye, she saw Frau Raider with a burning hole in her chest. Rickton, eyes wide and surprised as he died. Ribton screaming, Miro breathing his last with a sad, resigned expression. She tells Chess, don't, and then says it's because there are too many and they should just run. Yep, that's why. So Chess turns the gun on her and tells Kairos to come help out. Like, what else would you expect, Quell? Like, that Chess is going to listen to you and not try and shoot you? Like, what the fuck is going through your brain here? I would like to note that through all of this, she is thinking about trying to overpower Chess and escaping, but she never actually does it because she kind of just accepts whatever at this point. The you think she's kind of like, you, you think she's kind of like, well, if I'm going to die, might as well be Chess. <laughs> yeah. She's like, that was kind of the vibe. <laughs> it's kind of like she has like kind of off to the side thoughts about it. And she's like, oh yeah, whatever. The Ewing comes in and shoots at the imps and Chess drags her into the ship. The pilot responds to Chess, but though the voice is familiar, Quell doesn't recognize. They zoom off, pursued not by the imps, but by the outpost defenses and some fucking warheads and shit. Chess tells Kairos to fire back, but Kairos says they're not of the Empire. They burn their home and their grievance is real. Quell finally sees Kairos' face and says her name. 
Kyros didn't turn, but her hand trembled as she pitched the ship down. See, look, okay, it is feeding me a little bit. It's giving me some food here. You're, you're being a little fed, a touch. I'm being a little fed. <laughs> as they're attacked and the ship gets damaged, Kairos disables the ship's power, trying to play dead. Quell tries to offer advice, but Chess tells her to shut the fuck up. When Kairos activates emergency power after the attack's gone past him, I guess, they realize that the damage to the U-Wing has taken out the Navi computer and knocked the hyperdrive offline. Well, Quell has nobody to blame but herself for this situation. Just like every other situation she has ever found herself in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fucking idiot. I would like Yurika Quell to make one, one good decision. Absolutely lifetime. not. Good luck on that one. Ab- absolutely not. Absolutely As- not, Squadron. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 13, Assignment of Identifiable Weaknesses. As Will waits for Soren, he thinks about Chidawa and its people. <laughs> he, ho- he hopes Sindula and the others understand what his intent is. He wishes he told Nath everything that he told oh, him. Can, was I, alive can I read this? Can I read this part? Yeah, can I read this part? Just want, yeah, let yeah. me read this part. I was hoping you would. He wished, with a sudden pang, that he'd told Nath everything, that he'd truly mended things with the man and confess the secret that he's held, that he'd held since speaking to the elders of Polyneus, that he's super in love with Nath. Also that he admitted that he was the last of the 120. We did our best, didn't we? He murmured and smiled sadly as he ran his fingertips down the canopy. A starfighter did not breathe or molt or shriek as a servaka did, but he'd bonded with his all the same. If he died today, it would be with a friend. Thank you so much for that. Please do not die today, Will. Yeah, Will Lark. <laughs> don't do it, especially in the middle of a chapter. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. I love how the note is as Will waits for Sora. Yeah, yeah I. Do you know how many times I've written Sora and then go back and been like, "Fuck." Simple and clean is the way that we <laughs> the Kingdom Hearts team is gonna come in and save her from. Well, okay, Star Wars is a Disney property. It yeah, is. It could happen. It could happen. Sorry, Donald arrived. Duck shows up in Alphabet <laughs> Squadron. Sorry. <laughs> Donald Duck shows up. Oh my gosh. He's the third act big cuts. reveal. You know what? <laughs> I'd be down. Sephiroth shows up as the big bad of Alphabet Squadron. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Maleficent just is here suddenly. Right. Soren arrives and asks if Will's ready. He is. With the particle tide knocking out the instruments and safeties, he has to feel his ship as he flies, and he hopes that Soren is no more prepared than him. They come together and fight. Will talks to him, says that he hasn't always been with Shadowing. He called himself Devon and stopped fighting. He asks what it was like working on Bernard, and Soren says, leaping. They chase each other, Soren trying to exhaust Will or disable his ship without a killing shot. The battle is unsettlingly familiar, feeling like he fought Keys in Auradol. He recognizes Char and Puke's flying tactics and realizes suddenly that he feels like he's flown against Keys before because he's flown against Shadowing, and Keys is Shadowing. Whoa. <clears throat> Don't like it. Good shit. As the battle goes on, Will's mood lifts because oh. this is real flying. They flit around the planet and through satellites, both their ships wearing out. Then Will gets a chance at a shot and takes it. To kill Keys in a moment of joyful flight would taint him forever, but he does his best anyways. <clears throat> but Will has never been much of a marksman, as we have learned from previous books, and his shots don't land. Keys gets behind him and starts firing, stripping his shields away. Nath watches from afar and reassures himself that as long as there is movement and light, Will is still alive. 
He's leading his people on the original course, hoping he interpreted Will's intent properly. The uh, the part when when Keys ends up behind him and starts shooting at him, Will is just like, "Oh, okay, this is this is better. This I I prefer to be on the defensive I'm, anyway." I'm much more yeah, comfortable like, like this. Will, if your preference is to be on the defense, you should not have challenged someone to single combat. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> what was your plan here to just like evade him for the rest of time? Yes. <clears throat> Look, he did have a plan. We'll see how it goes. <sighs> Oh, One of the yeah. hail bombers, Jace Omir, gets taken out, and he and Nath tells T5 to warn the others in any way possible, since the astromechs on the other ship could see it. The particle tides are affecting the safeties on the warheads they're carrying. <sighs> Great. Um, Nath asks T5 to get out another message. Tell them, hell, tell them I've seen them eyeing my medal. They want one of their own. They want to save a planet. They've got to walk into fire. Whether or not we make it out, so long as we succeed, Chidawa is going to remember us. So, as Nath now starts breaking down as this all happens, Mm -hmm. um, his first thought being, how had he even ended up here? He wasn't going to save Will. And that was his first thought. Why am I here? I'm not saving Will. (laughs) Record scratch, freeze frame. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. In fact, I'm wondering how I ended up in this situation. Because Will's not here, so why am I doing this? Yep. (laughs) But he realizes that it's his responsibility now to save the planet, because he's the only one in that position. Who can? He's mad. He's so mad about being the hero again. I just love Nat's, like, oh, fuck, I gotta go (laughs) I gotta go be a hero again. I (laughs) save another planet. Gotta go save my boyfriend. Love it. Nice. I, I find that planet. much more like relatable than like a Luke Skywalker type. I love yeah. Luke Skywalker, but I find it much more relatable when someone's like, oh. "Yeah, <laughs> I guess I gotta go take <laughs> care of everybody." <laughs> Let me be lazy. <laughs> yeah, the idea of not wanting to just like do your moisture farm work and then just like chill at home where you don't have to worry about bills or taxes or anything. That's what we want to do. That's the dream. Just like your aunt and uncle have a great house. You get to go hang out with your friends at Tashi Station every day. Just like you got droids. Yeah, this hero's journey is overrated. Yeah, let Nath go do it because he apparently can't fucking help it. (laughs) Just let him have his tube yacht. Let him have his tube yacht. His tube yacht. Shadowwing's ties hid for them, and what am I writing here? Um, and N- while they do it, Nath fires at the Raiders, uh, taking I think they were like two. I don't know. I don't. Under- I don't know what the fuck Raiders are. Honestly, I've been reading this whole book, and I've been too afraid to ask. Um, <laughs> the wh- the Y wings start bombing the Raiders and take some or one of them out. I don't know. He's surprised then by the ties being drawn away by another force, the Tadawans, probably Madrigas. Oh yeah, he's back. Um, and then, oh boy. The Chidawan Star Destroyer starts firing on them too, the fucking bastard. Yeah, pieces of shit. I'm gonna read this bit. Pieces of fucking... What else did you expect, honestly? They're all Imperials! (laughs) Yeah. Particle bolts lit his surroundings as he opened his throttle. He jinked and dived, not sure if it was the Star Destroyer, the Ties, or one of the other Shadowing vessels attacking him. He could see a single Y-Wing mirroring his withdrawal, and he remembered with awful vividness the battle at Trench and and Novu, (laughs) where Shadowing had murdered his first squadron. First Peter, then Mordeaux, and Canthropali, Pissalt and Rorian, all of them slaughtered until it was down to him and Rika fleeing the scene. He felt terror then, and he felt terror now, and it tasted every bit as revolting as last time. Choking down bile and fear and rage, Nath pulled away from Chidawa with all that remained of Hail Squadron. Got another one of those great lists. Ugh, classic Shadowfreed list. 
Shadow Freed. Shadow Freed. <laughs> A classic list. I love them. Soren has been enjoying the duel, but it's time to end it. His people under attack, and he's got more important things to do. Ooh, can Will I lock, read? He thinks. I, the the oh, I contrast like, between <laughs> the contrast between these two sequences of Will just being like, "Gotta do, gotta do, gotta do. I'm, I'm gonna go, gonna go, gonna go. Pew, pew, pew. I'm doing it." And Soren being like, "All right, well, this has been fun, but I gotta get back to my people now." Like, <laughs> just like two very, very different energies in those cockpits. Fight. It is very clear through this entire fight that Will is good, but he is not as good as Soren at flying. Yeah. Yeah, well, sure. no, Will's the better flyer, but Soren is the one who will kill. That's the difference. And like Soren recognizes no. it himself. Yeah, like, but also his his ship is not in good shape compared to the Titan Interceptor. No. <sighs> it's a bad time. Um, will Lark, he thinks, I do this without hatred or malice. Bruce informs him that they have a signal. It's Quell, she's returned. As they approach the moon, Will tries his best to evade, prepping his ejector seat, but he's not fast enough, and Soren destroys the A-Wing. If you live, Will Luck, I hope you find the peace you dreamed of. Soren Keys returns to the bridge of the Yadis. Quell's team is back, and their ship is cloaked. The death of Chidawa is not, it's, it's not going great, uh, but he has what he wants from Quell, which is hope. So they withdraw, leaving Madrigas and Sindula to duke it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Hey, and then Seth. What? Nothing. Yeah. But what comes um, next? Uh, Boba Fett's there. Uh, Boba Fett's there. No, I have bad news <laughs> for you. That's next week. That's next week. I would much <laughs> rather we added a cliffhanger of it then, and then Boba Fett was there. <laughs> <laughs> Boba Fett has lots of good advice on how to survive a seemingly death experience. Yeah. Nope. That's that's next week. <laughs> Sorry. To the say. only thing giving me hope, I mean, we haven't seen the body. Um, it's, the they're not dead till you've seen the body. I so. have read through chapter 17 and I have not quit yet. So, I mean, you have not quite yet seen the body. No, I haven't quit the podcast. Oh, okay. Yes. That's, yeah. that's but helpful also, to hear it as could well. Be, it could be because you're just really enjoying Nath, uh, tragedy. Ooh. Be, yeah, it's hard to tell be, because I know be that so, it's so, oh, like, yeah. how many times so did you say I mad. love pain? He'd be so yeah, mad. like it's really it's really out oh of judgment God. why you haven't he quit would, it. He would tear Shadow Wing apart with his beefy hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you want to see it. So honestly, I do. you could I would like to see it. <laughs> I would like to see it. I would like to see it. Just rip rip Sword Keys' head right off his body. Oh my god, yes. That's that's I mean, I say that, but it's it's got to be. Will can shoot at his ship from like hundreds of meters away. I don't think he's gonna personally rip his head off his body. <laughs> yeah, he will because he killed his boy. He killed Will. Oh, Nath is doing this. Nath I, is doing. Sorry, this. Yeah, I Nath, was. No, Nath yep. is doing oh, this. Oh yeah, yeah. Nath in vengeance yeah. for for killing. Nath will. would do it without the vengeance. Nath would just do it for funsies. Yeah, but now <laughs> like, especially, I need some content Nath's for my vengeance. podcast this week. I wonder what it's like to rip the head off of an Imperial. That'll be a good conversation topic. It's not a good copy. Yeah, but now he's got yeah. vengeance because of Will. So yeah. right. Okay, Heath, take it away. All right. Uh, speaking of everything that was just spoken about, <laughs> uh, last week we asked, "What is the stupidest thing that Candy Ned can do?" I have an answer to this. Good. I, I hate that I have an answer. So Candy Ned uh, is going to ride a speeder bike. And he, he, it's been sitting in the rain, you know, it's been sitting in the rain for a while. It was knocked over on his side and he picks it up and notices some orange water spilling out of it. Some orange liquid he can't identify. Uh, so he goes, oh, is that orange juice? And he tries to drink the orange water. 
and realizes instantly that it's rust water. The details of this story are so uncomfortably specific <laughs> that I can't help but yeah, think I, that no, this I is a personal experience that is being relayed to us. Did a, did a candy sap do this at one point? <laughs> candy sap. Sap, have you drank rust water? No. Mm-mm. I don't. <laughs> you know how yeah, like the there's a lot. You know how there's like a lot of things where I'm like, oh, I totally did that too. Or same brain disease. This is not one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes you in general don't understand the ways of the world. Things don't make sense because the world is strange. Sometimes some orange liquid spills out of your bike handle, and you have to. You go, is that orange juice? And you have to taste it. No. No, that's that has not, literally that's what, that's Seth, absolutely what Seth, Andy Ned did and not me, Seth, I guess. That has yeah. literally never happened to anybody. <laughs> it happened to Candy and it, and it definitely didn't happen to somebody last week, right? <laughs> okay. I, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't in adulthood, I will say that much. It wasn't last week. Okay. I don't know how I can possibly that one up. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's mine. Um, Candy Ned made friendship bracelets for everybody. Oh, Aww. fucking hell, man. Candy Ned, fuck- fucking- <laughs> none of them are your friends. <laughs> they left you Rickton there. Is the only they one. did not care. <laughs> Rickton is the only one who wears this because, like, he's like, oh, I have a friend now. Oh, Rickton. I imagine that Rickton just- and um, Candy Ned were like just fucking idiot buddies. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, Candy Ned will get like really drunk when no one else is home and decide that they need to <laughs> climb the tree in their backyard and then fall out of the tree and then just fall asleep on the grass in their yard. <laughs> like injured, <laughs> like injured, fall asleep. In the Again, grass. not a personal anecdote. <laughs> yeah. So keeping on this theme that- of things that Saf has <laughs> definitely <laughs> never done, I think that Candy Ned probably was on a, a panel like with some other Imperials to talk about oh, like no. their expertise in Imperial war tactics and and probably <laughs> took out a, a, a citrus fruit and just bit right into it, forgetting that it had a peel on it first. That, that sounds like a thing Candy Ned would do. That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right to me. Oh, do you remember that one time Candy Ned <laughs> thought that <laughs> Brexit meant that the UK left Europe as the <laughs> My favorite, I have to say my favorite picture of Candy Ned they're is not your, that, they're not they European anymore. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. That was so fucking funny, Seth. I'm sorry. That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> You're like, they're not, they're not, they're not European anymore. <laughs> In my defense, mine was a personal anecdote. My favorite. <laughs> Doesn't my it favorite, was something I would have done. It wasn't a sap story, even though it yeah. sounds like a sap story. It's, it's a sap story. My favorite photograph of Candy Ned was when they were staying at an Airbnb and took a nap on a couch and ended up just like head first on the ground. Like, great, great hey, Candy Ned photo. I wasn't taking a nap. They were on the phone. Yeah, I was on the phone and I just ended up lying. Candy <laughs> Ned was on the phone with the I, th- I think you mean on uh, their hollow device. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Candy Ned was yes. on the com phone. The com phone. With with Rickton having a nice chat. Yeah, with Rickton. You know what? I hate this, but I suddenly started shipping Rickton. Oh, me too. Me too. They're oh, both, me. What are we doing? They're both fucking stupid and I enjoy it. fucking idiot. We made, we, oh no. We made, we made Candy Ned like not so bad because we named him Candy Ned. <laughs> yeah, now he's likable somewhat. 
No, remember the blood. Remember the blood. (laughs) The blood, the blood. That's right. He did the blood thing. Blood sacrifice. Uh, Let's get to our listener. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have an answer because I don't know who Candy Net is. Because I. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's. (laughs) I was gonna do an extended uh, comparison to Willy Wonka, but I think we are. Yeah. It's just the you, you just gotta you just gotta go dinner leader said candy ned would fully join the new republic because simply infiltrating as a short-term spy doesn't show his loyalty enough he'll keep finding opportunities to do damage and escape but think no i can do better for my emperor and end up retiring from the nrgf with a full pension fucking idiot he's so stupid <laughs> he's so fucking stupid Jay said, imagine being able to trick Candy Ned into being able to do the right thing. Like the Sheev bot told us we should surrender surrender to the New Republic and also stop doing genocides every Tuesday. It's all part of the plan. God, that sounds like it's part of the first question. The first answer. Somebody, somebody's just standing behind the Sheev bot as it's powered off. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> like, stop doing a genocide. Stop <laughs> yeah, like the genocide. Like a puppeteer. <laughs> <laughs> new first new uh empire policy genocides are bad actually right. <laughs> <laughs> no more genocide whoopsie daisy <laughs> oh lord <laughs> all those other genocides were whoopsie daisies oh, bentham's no. icon <laughs> said the stupidest thing candy ned can do is live up to his literary eponym and believe in the face of all the evidence that his beloved emperor has arranged everything for the best in this, the best of all possible galaxies far, far away. No. I'm not smart enough to know what literary eponym means. Yeah, what is, is contained like something I, else? I was, I was going to ask if I pronounced that word right, but it sounds <laughs> like Danny's not the right person to ask. A person uh, yeah. after whom a discovery, invention, place, etc. is named or thought to be named. So yeah, who uh, is Candy Ned named after? Yeah, Bentham... Icon, please fucking help us with those. We're too We're we are so dumb. not smart enough for this. <laughs> yeah, Ben Thumb's icon gets an immediate glistening body for owning all of us. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a, it's a glistening bougie body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like a glistening body, but with like a glistening body, but he's wearing glasses. It, yeah. He's wearing glasses. <laughs> uh, Two fifths of us plus kind of staff are wearing glasses, and that didn't help. So. i literally did english literature in university Uh, oh no (laughs) i'm right to be fair i dropped out of university after a year so i can't say much about it but i got straight a's i I got straight a's you dropped out before eponym class is what you're saying i didn't read the books but i got straight a's so that's my entire writing career uh, I thought that's what an eponym like, was, but I was too afraid to say it and look like an idiot, so I just kept. Yeah, I thought just too so quiet. Just like, what am I missing? Uh, Tom the fanboy said the dumbest thing Candy Ned could have a theological debate with Chess over the open comms during their dogfight. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, Fervent, fervently extolling the superiority of creepy droid worship and doing cringy raps about Palpatine's return. Ew. Hashtag. Y'all earning a burning because Palpatine is returning. And I hate Ew. I hate the hashtag. Ew. I hate that those words just came out of my mouth. Yeah. They sure did. Yubsy said, wait, why didn't this one? Because there wasn't an in Oh. Yubsy spelled it wrong. Candy Candy Ned is going to try to work through a problem by asking, what would Quell do? 
Yep. Oh. That is truly the stupidest That's, thing you could yep. possibly do. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, I feel bad for whoever has to go after that one. <laughs> and finally, X-Wings in History said, Candy Ned is going to loudly argue for the Empire's position on droid rights until he is vivisected, did I say that right? By an angry, by an angry buzz droid. We replaced our listeners with a bunch of nerds this week. I don't like, stop using big words. Oh my God. I am, I am, I am drunk when I have to read these. Who do you, who do you think we are? (laughs) I think, I think think we're encouraging our listeners to do this more. Probably. I have to read these at the end of an episode They're like, during it's which funny. I've been drinking. What are you doing to me? It's funny when Meg has to pronounce Star Wars names, so we'll say some funny words. <laughs> we'll make Heath. We'll make Heath pronounce vivisected and. Epidemic. Anyways, Yubsy gets a glistening body from me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I I'm gonna give one to Dinner Leader um, because that is very funny. And obviously, Bentham's icon already got theirs. Yeah. An automatic listening body. Listening An professor Bodhi. Bodhi wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a vest, <laughs> nice sweater vest. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Bentham's like icon a gets a, a glistening Jocasta new. Ooh, yes. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. it. I like That's it. Not, I like that. Yeah, there you go. It's a good solution. Bentham. Right. Uh, this week's question. <laughs> this is really. Who wrote this? <laughs> Nobody's oh, that one. Lord. Oh, no, I wrote uh, it. I'll own up to it. I'm really, exci- I'm really excited for this whole thing. <laughs> this week's question, right. who should we put Fs in the chat for? You tell us, and then we'll decide if we are actually putting Fs in the chat for them or not. And you will get to hear us put the Fs in the chat live. It will be great. We promise. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Yeah. That's one. <laughs> hmm. I'm... So many Fs, so many chats. <laughs> so many chats. Um, I'm my answer is Jart. Oh, big Fs in the chat for Jart. Oh yeah, I'm putting an F in the chat for Jart. Yeah, this is good. It's a little preview of what you'll get um next week when, <laughs> when you submit your listener response. Yeah, Fs oh, in the shit. chat for Jart. Keith put F in the chat for Rogue Padron, so we're going great. <laughs> I'm not putting that F in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> no respect. No. We did this to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Wait, where's the Right, I'm very listeners. excited for a listener who has no idea what the fuck F in the chat means. If you don't know, <laughs> listeners, YouTube it. Because Our set, the, the seven scene, listeners that is... are left know what F in the chat means. <laughs> Let's be real. And no, okay, if you don't know, I would like to introduce you to the pinnacle of narrative design and choice making in video games. Go Google <laughs> it, go YouTube it, go watch it. It's great. Every video game wishes it could do this. I did watch a video about it on Polygon. <laughs> watch the video of it, because it's great. <laughs> So said the pinnacle of narrative design in video games is from a fucking game. <laughs> yeah. narrative designer. I can, I can, on, I can fully, with full expertise yeah. and honesty, say that no other video game has lived up to choice making in a video game beyond this. <laughs> All these years of game writing have led to this moment. <clears throat> so hit us up on Rogue Podron, on Rogue Podron, at Rogue Podron on Twitter with your answers to this week's listener question. You can email us roguepodron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepodron.com. If you want to challenge one of us to a one-on-one duel, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash roguepodron. There's little asterisks there we may not. Meg is the only one you'll be challenging to a duel. Yeah, you want to challenge me to a fucking duel? (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably be, I'll probably accept it too. Um, No swords, bare hands only. (laughs) Bare hands, obviously. 
subscribe via the Rogue Quadrant feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever. Just fucking subscribe to us. It's great. Uh, Rent and review us on iTunes. We have no reviews this week, but I would like more reviews. I had a dream that we had like 10 reviews and I was so excited. I woke up and I was like, oh man. What a sad dream. I know, but I was so excited. And then I woke up and realized it wasn't true. That's so upsetting. (laughs) So yeah, that's, yeah. Please leave us a review. Or two, maybe three. You know, whatever you feel like. All right. So next time. Maybe we'll find out what happens to Will Lark. I don't know. <laughs> but we will be reading chapters 14 through 16 in Victory's Praise by Alexander Shadowson Freed. And until then, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Tonight. Did I just say there is no other group of people on the planet I would put up with this kind of nonsense with? It's like literally just all of you. <laughs> Heath is like stalling on Zap's behalf now. <laughs> um, hey, I had good. another. I had another person as like another new person ask me, "Oh, what's your <clears> podcast? <throat> should, you, should I listen to it?" And I'm nope. like, "Oh, no. No. oh my god, <laughs> my my new direct report asked me on her ah. first day." You don't know. <laughs> no! You googled. I told her. I was like, eh. but I also said, like, I promise you, if you are not a big Star Wars fan you're going to not want to listen to this. So I don't think she's going to, but Mariona, if you're listening. Thank you for your stalling, Heath. You're the best. And also, back to I got you. it's Padron Rogue on tonight. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I thought we were doing all of our sentences backwards tonight. Tonight on Rogue Padron. <laughs> no, like April Fool's was last week, Danny. <laughs> Wait, April Fool's was two weeks ago. It was two it? weeks ago because we skipped last Half. week. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, in, in true Rogue Padron fashion, we dropped a ridiculous <laughs> April Fool's episode and then didn't <laughs> then come back the next it. week. <laughs> what we do. We're like, okay. you sit with that. You yeah. sit with that for Let two that weeks. Let for a while. <laughs> you sit with that. <laughs> Let our words marinate into your ears. Tonight on Rogue Padron. Tomorrow on Rogue Padron. <laughs> yeah.